0: Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently, so tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology.
1: Certainly, yeah. we? Well, yeah. How's it going? Good. Really good, yeah. Good week, good weekend for celebrating your birthday,
2: yeah. Struggling, not, not gonna lie. This is, I don't want to get on this mic today, but we're, we're doing it, aren't we? Yeah. I'll
1: tell you
3: what, I feel your pain, mate, because I was rough. I think it was worse than he
2: was all just um plying me with liquor, weren't you? That's all he was doing and making me dance. Yeah.
3: You've got an excuse,
2: I know, it was good, it was good. So, yeah, <laughs> thank everyone for coming. And I think so, we're jumping straight back out into into our 100x leader, yeah, training yep. what we've been doing. Um, and it's a great session we've got lined up today, isn't it? a fantastic session um, in terms of maximizing influence and building trust and how we connect that to the sort of five voices. And I think when you look at that, I'm just saying to you, Dean, influence sometimes can be perceived as a bit of a dirty word, right? Yeah. And what's your sort of theory on that? Because, and I'll just lead you on that because it's sort of five areas, five challenges of leading the digital world. So I'm just going to recap yeah. them for us. One is leading a healthy work-life balance because we're just connected 365 days, seven days a week, yep. that got that yep. one. The second one is leadership for influence and, and not positional power. So what's your thoughts around that? Because when I'm leading on that, is no one likes a tyrant, do they?
1: No, and and I think one thing's out, a few things I've learned from not only this platform, but other courses I've done is the way we lead as a, a team and the culture we've built is to lead by example and we need to set examples and we've got certain things like we've got Strong morals and values that we brought into the organisation, and I think we preach them in a positive way, and we filter that down to the team. We're not beating on anybody, but you need to buy into our culture, and as a part of that, you'll naturally develop. I like, that. I like that,
3: yeah, certainly.
1: You're a little older
2: in the tooth than us two, ah, yeah, certainly. Um, I'm, I'm more yeah. mature, more mature, right? <laughs> so you know, a bit, bit 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 better. Um, well travelled, is that, is that the world? Age. Yeah, right, like a farm um, man. So but where, where I'm going with that, though, is leading through positional power, that must have been more commonplace in your work environment when you was in the ranks and further the So, is, is that true or not true?
3: Yeah, years ago, sometimes I felt like I'd been led by tyrants, people who was, like, beaten with a big stick, and if you didn't, achieve what they said that day there'd be consequences without learning and having a good culture that probably didn't get the best of Paul Longley probably didn't get the best of the workforce we got the job done but just getting the job done and getting the job done well
2: yeah I, re- I remember and I re- I'm laughing I'm gonna call you on this I don't know if you had you know some bad days at work at times but I remember I certainly did. sometimes getting dragged to Bowfri Bridge as a kid and there was some tyrant drive there in a car, wouldn't even run with us to get involved with us, and just scream at us to get over that bridge.
3: That's motivation.
2: <laughs> oh, right. No, what's the difference between motivation? Because did we have a choice to do it?
3: No. <laughs> but it's how you got fitter, wasn't it? Right, it's we how did. you got fitter. I you. And I remember two weeks ago going over the same bridge at 52 years of age, and there was another guy pushing me over it yeah, well, well, with the same I remember, attitude. I that. Exactly. And, I, I,
2: and when I look back at that, even though it was a, a really... Proud moment for me personally. I, I actually thought about it. And I thought actually it was quite. I was a tyrant that one. I don't know. I feel better for it now. But my point now. We, we joke aside. and I, yeah. think, I think the reason for that though, the platform starts looking at that. It says that there's sort of four Cs in in terms of what we're looking for. in yeah. Sort of you know we're building a character. And so one of them is obviously character. The second one is chemistry. The Third one is competency, and the fourth one is credibility. So let's talk through them a little bit, So You've got a couple of notes from when we was doing the sessions, yeah. And it also links into different people will naturally gravitate towards um, different traits. So from my notes, I've got, I'm a um, creative connector right yeah. Platforms it is character. I would gravitate gravitate to character and chemistry first. Yeah. And and I, I'm looking at that and I'm calling myself out. Yeah, that's true. Um, I look at someone's character. I want to know who they are, what the values, what they stand for. And from a chemistry point of view, have they got a likability factor? Is this something I can relate to? Now, I have been aware of that for a few years. That is my default trait. But I I also understand that some of my greatest friends and some of my greatest lessons I learned are from people who are are the opposite. So if we look at that model, it it says, let's take a Scott, for example, Guardian. We know Scott was Guardian. And you can be a bit of a Guardian at times because it's in your profile, right? Even though you are a connector first. But let's take back to the rugby days, Right. You was massively about competency. Yep. I remember you You, you wanted competency in us all, right? I never had any com- competency. I had chemistry and character, didn't I? Yeah. Right? And, and I, Certainly I, had character. And I do a job on the field. Yes. But it wouldn't be as to your competency
3: level. No, but we got the best out of you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's what we do in business, don't we? Yeah.
2: At times, if you think about it logically,
3: and I always remember, there's a time where
2: I just, I, I think I, I, want it, I want to be a hooker, I want to be number nine, didn't I? Yeah, like, tell the story and, and let's just look at this. So I had the character; I wanted to do it. I had the chemistry. I think I could motivate the team. I could do a job there, didn't I? I, I thought about it, and, and this is just let me just fill this in as well. This is off the background, you used to think you made me believe that I was a, a ball carrying prop who actually played fullback, right? Who couldn't catch. So you made me believe in, I could do things when I couldn't do things. So I come up to you and thought, Ooh, I fancy a go out. Okay, didn't I? Hmm. Well,
3: so Liam come up and said, "Look, I've." I think I can do a real good job, hooker. So I, we had to convince Leon on that. His his best efforts was in other positions. So just to just explain
2: for people who never understand Sunday game rugby, it's the players when the player gets tackled, yep. stand up, and the hooker's job is to
3: distribute the ball as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And visualize everything that's going on around it.
2: And ask to be able to pass it with how many ways? Both ways. What was my challenge?
3: You couldn't pass left.
2: There you go. Yeah. So, so no good. So if you look at the model, competency and credibility.
3: Yeah, but instead of telling, me, telling you, Leon, we can't put you there because you can't pass left. We just, said, we just convinced you that you was more needed on another part of the field. And we you got the best out of you. And you
2: yeah. used influence around that. Yeah. To influence me to, to go to position. Yes. Is that a good example? Exactly. There we go. So, anything you want to add to that thing? Because you took no. loads of notes. That, yeah, yeah.
1: Do, that, that, on that. that makes sense. It's like you didn't have the competency to be in that particular role. If you'd done it before, you, you had the knowledge, you'd done that previous role before, and you played there. I get Paul had probably stuck you there, but it doesn't really mean much to me anymore. I get, yeah. I get it's like It's like
3: somebody saying, can I play left wing? Yeah. But the car, use a left foot.
1: Yeah, and it's I don't, if you've seen the Monday Night Football, Gary Neville and yeah. Jamie Carragher. Fantastic fantastic back, yeah. And, it, and even say, it. Jamie Carragher says, nobody wants to be a Gary Neville. Nobody wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. No one wants to be a left back. Everybody wants to be a forward striker, scoring the goals. Right. Are you competent in doing it? And that's the thing. Exactly. You know?
2: so, so what would you say your natural tendency are then when you look at that?
1: I think me, my tendency, I'm an etra, And I, I'm the same. I over-focus on chemistry and character when I'm talking to somebody. So I jump in and are they likable you know do I like them do I have good vibes from them can I relate to this person that's what I focus on generally when I'm meeting somebody for the first time and I think sometimes I get over focused on that if somebody's coming in for an interview for example that's what I focus on first rather than actually are they competent you know doing the job and I think it's just being aware of those there's different skills and just picking up on different vibes from people at times
3: yeah you want to add to that do you think, just going back to what Dean was saying, especially with interviewers, if somebody comes in and they've got really good character and you've got really good chemistry with them and you yeah. think they've got a really good attitude, I think when you're educating somebody in your field, uh, yeah. if they've got the top two traits, then the more you are able to yeah. um, teach them in the right way.
1: That, that, that's it. So Sometimes if we've had people who've come in with tons of competency, we know they can do the job inside out, but for some reason, I, I've just not got on the, their level with chemistry and character. And I know that I've really tried throughout. And I think for me at times, that overpowers the competency. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd rather somebody come in with the characteristics that fit the team and then we can develop the skills. So just, but it just depends, obviously. Each, yeah, I think that's what I was getting at. Yeah.
2: No, but I think what, what you're getting to there, and I think maybe sharing some context for anyone, any leaders listening or any members as people who are looking for new work or are interested into what goes into recruitment processes. I think when I joined the business, you guys were very focused on competency. Yeah. And you've always we been was, focused yeah. on competency. That's because Scott is very competent. He, you know he's a guardian. So he, he looks for he, he wants to be looking for competency and credibility straight yeah. away. And I get that because we're doing IT, sub-security. of course we have to be competent and we've got to have credibility. So that is high up on our list. But I would have said that but we focused on that far too much.
1: We did, yeah. And I think that the lessons learned from that was we've hired and fired tons of people based on competency. They yep. come in with the skills, but for some reason, they just didn't have the attitude or the, the character. The, yeah, yeah,
2: no, and I think, yeah. And I think the key part of that, though, is they didn't have the character or the chemistry to fit into the team. No, they didn't, they didn't fit in. into
3: the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. you, you get
2: that? Yeah. And I think it's quite interesting because I've been reading a book called Compelling People. Um, the Hidden Qualities That Make Us Influential, and it's by John Nathinge, I think it's called, and Matthew Kohit. 2013 it was written, right? And there's just like a little state, a little quote in that, my favourite quote I took from it was, it turns out that when we decide how we feel about someone, we are making not just one judgment, but two. The criteria that counter what we call strength and warmth. And so, if we just look at a more simplified version, I know the giant platform's in these four areas, but I look at, at strength as, as competency, how competent somebody is, and When we look at that in in that sort of way, strength for me is about how competent and how credible someone is. And we could even go a second, a step further and say strength is power, right? Mm. And I believe we always want to be around powerful individuals. And what I mean by that is, um, let's take our our partners, our wives, right? Uh, They're all very powerful, strong, independent, powerful women, right? They keep us us three in check. Yeah. Yeah. If there wasn't competent in their skill sets that complemented us, um. It, what a what a tragic relationship that would be yeah and hopefully and we've got skills that are equally um powerful to theirs but in a different sense so i think we do actually go through life choosing people friends who are competent in different skills like you guys have got skills that are more powerful than i've got in certain areas and i'd like to think i've got skills that are yes competent. so i think competency and credibility can all be wrapped up in strength and power for me but but not from a positional power here. It has to be that credibility part, doesn't it? Do you agree? Yeah. And then I think the warmth part for me links back into that that, that character um, and chemistry because we say that at, at the Man Club, don't we, Paul, at times, we've got to really look at our circle and let's look at it. You get two types of people that come into your life. You get radiators who you want to sit around like we are now, sitting around a campfire, sharing stories, chewing the, chewing the fat and radiating from them. And also when we're maybe feeling a bit down as well, we want to go to them and the and, and knowledge or ideas or get them yeah. to care for us or whatever it is. So we want yeah. them. And then naturally you get people who are drained, and we can be drained as well. We yeah. can go through, and we can criticize things and can do things. And I was saying that in the work we do, we're always trying to communicate with loads of individuals. And, and the challenge is when we're communicating at times, we have to bring effective challenge. So we had a, a, an incident in one of the, the band club, right? And, and the challenge is, What's the majority of the way we communicate? Would you say um, through text? Isn't it through text, through like group messaging, text, apps. WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. So through yeah. group messaging. But the, the problem is with that when you look at it, and the giant platform says this, say so I, so I took it from there. It, it says that bring an effective challenge. That the least effective. So social media, it's only five percent effective. It's like nearly impossible. That's where you get all the trolling.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. Um, text messaging, ten percent effective. Email, fifteen percent. Phone call, thirty-five percent. Video chat seventy percent and in person ninety five percent makes yeah. sense. We all agree on that. Totally. Yeah. So, whenever things go a little bit awry in there, what's one of the first things I do? Put a voice which, message yeah. to try and put, portray across or use influence to actually communicate effectively
3: because text is only. You know, and it, it depends would, how the person reads it. Yeah, yeah. correct, correct. Yeah. And you
2: and you've got to think of language is only really created seventy thousand years ago, which is madness when you think about it. Isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. And we've got all these great words that we can use in our vocabulary. That's a big word. Right? There you go. Right? Easy for for me to say. But yet, this is what always astounds me, that as humans, we try and communicate through our thumbs. Yeah. yeah, Two thumbs. And that's not evolution. Right? We have to over-communicate because that situation we were dealing with, it was just an opinion that went from one thing to another thing. It wasn't portrayed. And what I was saying was, I, I always remember learning this. In, in terms of a conversation, right? Whenever you communicate something, you've got to look at your means of communication. And obviously, it wants yeah. to be in person if it can be. And I know it can't always be. But it also, when you go do some, I think that one of the keys to life and, and, and having influence and communicating your ideas to, to so people can buy, you can do great things together, is are you willing and able at this time to put the effort that that conversation truly deserves? A lot of the times, we're not. So a lot of the times, like sometimes with the man club, when we're doing in these group chats, we haven't got the time or the effort because we're doing this part-time and charity work and and we're having meetings on on the fly to really tell everyone all the steps and the stages that go into it because you can't. But then the challenge you've got from a cultural point of view, everyone wants to be involved. But then you've also got to compound that even further. Everyone wants to be involved, but they're not all involved in a structured time. So in a business, for example, we know we've got structured time, we can meet each other, we can book time in. But when you're working for a charity, yeah, it's even more complicated. So, and I think where where I'm leading with that, if we look at that and we start, you know, talking from a effective communication and bringing challenge, how would you say that you've grown in that role? Because situations like like what, what happened previously that used to affect you because you used to care so much about everybody else.
3: Yes, and I I used to care that I didn't want to upset everybody, so I used to avoid certain. Situations because I didn't want to upset people, and if I did, I felt really awful because obviously I'm a caring person. So sometimes I used to overcomplicate everything, overthink everything because I didn't yeah. want to upset somebody. Instead of putting procedures in place that the communication straightforward and to the point, and hopefully over years of time and communication, what we've done. I think we get that trust and credibility where I'm sure everything that I communicate to the guys, they know I do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, even if you can't communicate to every single person when they see the outcome, we've done it for the right reasons.
2: Yeah, exactly. But I think that sometimes for you and I've seen it, it's been yeah. hard for you because you you wanted to communicate Someone might come in and if we look at the communication code, might critique what you've done, right? Yes. And that's fine. It's fine for people to critique, but because we put all our passion into it, and you like to collaborate, don't you? Naturally. Yeah. When someone critiques it, it, it knocks the wind out of yourself.
3: Yeah. Sometimes because yeah. I've spent quite a lot of time, and I, you think you've done a really good job, then somebody critiques it, and uh, it sets you back a little bit. But I've got a lot better than what I used to. A few so, years so, what ago.
2: would have been your natural tendency when you would have seen someone critique what you've done? If I'd
3: have seen somebody critique, I'd have probably got upset and I'd have probably replied. And took it personal. And took it personal, where now I don't. Yeah, and I think what, what, why I'm
2: calling that out, Dino, is so I've been working really hard on Dean with Paul on that because what's really interesting, I struggle from sometimes that, that same thing. But what's been different with the man club? Because We've got a vision and a mission that's so strong and so powerful, which is basically everything we do is about opening a door on a Monday night. Yes. And and obviously I'm a trustee now and a director of the, of the charity. Um, it's all about opening that next club and that next club, because I know we've got such a fantastic, competent, credible, great characters and great chemistry in terms of facilitators. I've got absolutely unwavering trust in them guys making decisions and the clubs. Yeah. Um I know you do a lot of effort behind the scenes, opening the clubs with me, and we we do loads of work in the background, yeah, uh, But then we delegate and pass that back down to the other lads to go do other bits, and it all just works. It's amazing. You've got yeah. such a what a great team. But the skill I've always had in that what you're now picking up is I can make a call knowing that it, everything I've done is about that Monday night. And when a conversation comes in where it's been a bit critiqued, I'll take the wind out of it by saying you make a great point because. I actually like Dean. I want you to start sharing, right? You're either custom success here, yeah. Right, you love getting feedback that's negative because what what does that mean? We're going to learn.
1: Well, it allows us to improve. We had a few examples last week where we'd gone above and beyond to help a customer. Yeah, we got a feedback which wasn't great. Now for me, they're more important than the positive ones. Yeah, because I like to first thing I do is pick up the phone, talk to the customer. Like say, I don't email. I don't text, I ring them, speak to them physically on the phone. If I could, if, if in person, if I'm on site, I can I could do a call. But yeah, it's the it's it's that like gold, getting that information back as to why they perceived what we did, maybe negatively or, or finding out what's gone wrong. And yeah, one thing I've learned again from this platform and other bits is how we build on that moving forward. Do you know what went wrong? How do we fix it? What procedure and policy do we put in place do you know, to prevent that happening from... Do you know
3: another? I totally get that. And last week I was delivering a course, and the course was absolutely fantastic. But there was one young lady that I always ask for feedback, always ask for feedback. And I got one comment back that was a bit of gold, absolutely a bit of gold. And it'll make my next course better. Yeah. Because she said, Paul, your course has been absolutely fantastic, but I think you should have done this. And do you know what? It was just fantastic. And I remember that. So I got loads of great feedback, but I remember that one thing and I've developed it and it's in for my next course. And that's why we improve. And I totally get what you're saying. And,
2: and why I use that example. Cause I always love using well, real well examples. It's great learning for all of us. is not It is. Um, it's, it's interesting. It We like critique when we're planning for it. Yeah. yeah. But yet, when We're not planned for it, we don't like it. And, um, it was so I listened to I listened to Gary Wanderchuk actually, I like him. Um, he's quite motivational, isn't he? And he says we should welcome negative feedback because there's always a you know, you got with an with a ounce of well, it could be true, they're saying, and there could be a little bit of gold in there. And it just boils back down to that. And I think where, where I'm sort of leading with this as well, look, I think having influence, you need to have thick skin to be able to take that critique as well and listen because you're not always going to get it right. I and mean, you've got to be humble, you've got you've to listen, you've got to, um, Sometimes see it, what it is like on the other
3: side of you. I you know think that. we've talked about that in this on this platform about challenging other people and challenging ourselves and other people challenging us. Yeah, and um, that's part of critiquing it, challenging us as well.
2: Yeah, and I think I think influence really does come back from challenging effectively, and I liked yeah. it. What Giant called it. Calling people up, not calling people out, calling them yeah. up, bringing them up. And we mentioned this, but then linking back into that book, another quote that I'd found and I, I thought i just really love that again. So I'm saying strength as well. You've got to have strength to call someone out and call them up, haven't you? And do it, balance that, it bring effective challenge, I think I'm saying. But then it says, strength is the per- is a person's capacity to make things happen, the abilities and force of will. When, pe- when people project strength, they command our respect. Warmth is the sense that a person shares our feelings and interests and the same view of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, not everyone's always going to, I think the key part on that though, when we start looking at it and balancing it, thinking into character and chemistry, which I'm bundling up under one, not everyone's going to see the world like you. They're not going to see the world like you. They're not going to have the same values. I've got friends and people who, let's take the whole COVID situation. We've all got friends and people who who agree with the COVID vaccination. We've got people who disagree. Yeah, Complete different characters, complete different chemistry on that sort of thing. But we're still friends with each other, aren't we? We still have differences. Yep. And we've got to respect the people, opinions, right? Yeah, um, Down to religion, down to what you identify as. So we're always going to come across people who've got different characters and different chemistries. And that's where I think, I talk about it from the Chimp Paradox at times, you've got to build a bridge with people who are completely different with you. And it can be hard that at times because we all yep. want to be the, we all You're never going to have true diversity and inclusion if everybody's the same on your team. Do you agree? Yeah. It'd be boring,
1: wouldn't
3: it? boring if it was all the same
2: so any other points you want to make from this last no, I,
1: I, I thought that was good and like you say building that bridge one of my challenges is because I focus on chemistry and character if I meet somebody for the first time and I don't feel it I tend to step away but what I should be doing is which I've learned from this is I need to be the one that builds that bridge in order to to find out what that person's really about and it's the same with staff Do you know we've had it internally where yeah you maybe don't quite Get on with somebody who are not on the same page, but it's in your interest to build that bridge. Mm. Love that.
2: Yeah, and I think linking back some of the sort of key points I, put, I took from the book I was reading, which links back into this. When you've got the right mix of you know, them, sort of four areas we're talking about, and, and, and if we wrap that up into strength and warmth again, I think that makes people compelling. It makes us compelling, doesn't it? We've got to have that that, that right balance. Remember when I was te- we was teaching each other like situational leadership as well. Yeah. I think situational leadership. If anyone has not looked at that, it, you know, go check it out. But I think situational leadership links back into that where sometimes you have got to change the, your you know, your situation to how you go try and influence that person. Look, like for example, we've got a, a, an Xbox in the, in the office, aren't we? Yeah, we've all different games on it. What's the reason we've got that?
1: For morale for the team, do you know? Build up friendship. Do you know? Relax and, and switch off for for the lunch and refocus energize ready for, for the working day
2: yeah we've got all tons of different games we have di- different foods we choose different times yeah. different events all stuff going on and that's us trying to build you know, that connection you know with people around character and chemistry yeah right? so we're trying to work on that and i think in business we don't we we always want to go after upskilling people for the, the competency and the credibility about actually doing the physical job but we don't focus on communication skills, talking, presenting. Like you doing this podcast Mm -hmm. at first, you never wanted to jump on the podcast, but you love it now, don't you? Yeah. Right? But you have to get out of your comfort Comfort. zone and learn the skills and you have to keep doing it. And we don't always get it when it's hard. What what, what would you say on
1: that? Yeah, no, you're right. I've got an appraisal this afternoon with one of my senior techs who goes out on site now. I'm really, uh, some of the skills I've learned from this, which I'll be able to put into practice is, Second to none. Like I say, again, going back to comms skills, how many, how many companies will focus on communication as a skill? We've got people out there in the field who can go and fix servers, rip comms cabinets apart. but
2: Fix technology that saves people's lives.
1: Fix, fix technology, which is what they're paid to do, yeah. But where we, we're different. we where We, we want to focus on little bits of areas of improvement for comms, for example. So I think that's anybody listening, you know, for businesses do you know you need to look at that as well and this platform helps with that
2: yeah and even individuals because i think do this side of it what everyone needs to understand is a skill that we always need to continue to yeah. improve on yeah, we? yeah
1: we're doing we've learned so much not like i say not just from business but personally yeah and a Personal Lebanon family, I think it's a massive platform to get into. Yeah,
2: and I think the, the key bits I, I'm taking from this, and, and just looking back from my notes on that book I was reading, it sort of is, and back to the chimp paradox, Paul, our brain makes split-second decisions about people that are outside of our conscious control. Yeah. So sometimes you've all met that person who you probably didn't like, are you? or you've made an assumption when someone sent you an email or done something and you've made a, an instant gut decision about that person,
3: how many times has it been wrong?
1: Yeah, majority.
3: What I say with the man club, I've made friends for life in that club and it' there's some guys I would have never met in the street or crossed. different personalities, everything that at the face of it and at the start of it, I'd have thought, I don't really get on with this guy, yeah. but because I've built relationships and got to know them, they're absolutely just friends for life and... It's something that I've learned over the years that first impressions, I used to get a lot wrong. I used to get a lot wrong uh, quite a lot of times, but building bridges and meeting different people, forming different relationships, I think it's absolutely great. I have to challenge them sometimes at the Man Club because I think they trust me, but sometimes I want them to challenge me as well. And I think... I trust you, but I need to challenge you sometimes before.
2: We're oh, so, talking, talking about that. Uh, Off air, yeah. You, there was something that came up in terms of. You know, I, I'm helping you out in terms of in some business bits, yes. Because I've always helped you, right? Yep. And You'd always help me, but there's like a couple of areas where you haven't got no competency or, or no credibility in what you're doing, right? Yeah. So it's a bit like you know passing the ball and all the rest of it, right? Yes. But I know that there's areas that you can do and it's learnable, so I'm saying well, you can do it. But you wanted to just delegate some of this stuff, didn't you? Yeah. And what did I say?
3: You have to do donkey work and then we'll help you, which is great because I learn, I learn new skills every single day.
2: I understand how you learn, don't I? Yeah, so i actually doing. So calling you up, I said, I've got to do it.
3: Yeah, we'll do it together. Because I know I really struggle
2: putting the time in to do it. So if me and you commit to doing it... It's accountability, accountability to each other, yeah. right? And that, that's, I think a real good example again of mix of calling people up and calling people. I didn't call you out. I'd called you up. Yeah. 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 And I think we forget that. And I think the other side of it, what I also want to link is, and I think you just uh, uh, attested to it is much of what people perceive about you is actually under your own control. Yeah. And that's, that was one of the the big lessons I learned, what changed everything for me. And I I want you to really deep understand what I'm saying there and agree or disagree with me. So what, what I'm saying there is, much of how you perceive me, I have control of how you perceive me, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Does that I make
2: understand sense? that, yeah, right. And what, what I mean by that is, we, we, let's set the five gears. If I'm not coming in and talking to everyone, I'm going straight into gear five, people are going to perceive me as being ignorant, rude, and I've got no time for them, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to be short tempered, I'm not preparing for meetings, and am turning up late, all of a sudden, people have a perception of me, yeah. yeah, so. Once you understand that it's within your control how people perceive you, all of a sudden, that's the way I think the the whole game and world
3: changes. Yeah. The way we do it on the Giant platform, I as well, when I make decisions and when I make decisions with the Man Club, I'll go back and I'll just say, look, I've come up with this. What do you think? And we'll have a discussion. And I said, look, I've come up with this, but I might not have the best answer you might have a better answer than me. Sometimes they haven't. Sometimes they have. Sometimes they've got little nuggets of knowledge that's better than mine and say, Paul, why don't we go this way? Fine, let's do it. Yeah. And there's guys was organise things for over the festive period. And they said, Paul, what do you think? I said, absolutely superb. Just go with it. They said, are we all right to do it? Absolutely fine. Because uh, th- they've got... They ask me because they value my opinion, but I trust in what they do.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. collaborate or collaborate. And it's yeah. the same as as a team. We, when we have particular things go wrong, I'm using this as an example for a support query. For mm-hmm. example, if somebody rings up and there's an issue, and we've had that issue before. We can't remember, oh, what did we do to fix this last time? We have a process for that now. Or it's, it's that person's responsibility to build a process. Now that process might not be great, but put it on paper. It's, it's a start, a start it? And then the next person who looks at that process, they can refine it and collaborate, improve, or actually this bit's wrong. But that's that's what we do as a team. It's it's building that trust and that comms and making things better for the next time, just improving that 1%. And I think the key
2: parts out there as well is desensitising that, that feedback. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when we put a process in place, when it goes wrong, it's the process that's at fault.
1: Yeah, not the person. person,
2: yeah. And what we have a rule of saying is... Um, if you know to solve, if you look at that process and you think that's not the right process, it's your job to solve the problem. Or you think it needs solving if it's going to give the customer success, right? And it's your responsibility to you change that process that got that outcome that you sort back yourself to yeah. play. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. bit like rugby, play what's in front of you. Yeah? yeah, right. But we need a structure, so we need a process to to build on. That's your game plan. Yeah. If you're going to back yourself, you have to show where that process was
3: wrong, and you have to. Because we used to say that in rugby, if you see something, go for it, but go for it hundred percent. Don't go for it. Eight percent and back yourself. Yeah. yeah. And if it goes wrong, so be it. Yeah. Um, you've put your hand up, haven't you?
2: Yeah, but we call it we call it judge box. And judge yeah. box is like an area of responsibility. You can and can't do that. I'm not saying anyone who's listening, just go do what you want. But what I mean by that, if we use a, a rugby analogy is, well, football's a good one, actually, Dean, you know, if I bring you into it. There was a, I forget what team it was, but they did the pass back to the goalkeeper and then um, the goal got scored. And it happens quite regularly yeah. in football, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, me in football, I would always have a rule where, you only pass it back to the keeper if there's no defender who's in the box yeah, anywhere near him. And if you can clear it out and you can go forward with it, you clear it out, you don't give it to the keeper. And this defender just played it straight back in front of his goal. And then he didn't realise there was a player there in the score. So yeah. I'd have a rule if I was a football manager where kick that ball upfield by every means. Don't have it hanging around at the back, right? Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't do it. That would be one of my non-negotiables. Yeah. Some of these teams do it. I'd have them non negotiables in, and then you can play what else is in front of you. And we have that in process. The process is there, but if you just need to tweak or you can see something, go for it. And
1: yeah. And it's like, it's like you know, if, if he was refining that process, you could be like, actually, when you play that ball back, make sure you're playing it to his strongest foot. Or when you're playing that ball back, make sure you're playing it outside of the goal. You're not playing it in position where if the keeper doesn't trap it, it goes in, yep. he's got a goal. Yep. You know? And that's just what happened. Yeah. And...
2: He, he basically passed it back, and it was technically a shot on goal. Yeah. And they keep many mistake, which is likely to happen. The ball goes in. Yeah, like, that should never happen.
1: Yeah, but then the the build on that actually next time moving forward, we don't play it towards the goal, play it to the side. Or, yeah. it, it's yeah. continuous improvement, yeah. in it? All if of you can,
2: if you can play it forward, you play it forward.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So,
3: been a great session. What's been your big take on today, Paul? Just learning about processes, and if we get critiqued, don't take it personal. It's all, it's all for the. It's all for the good of the culture of the business.
1: Yeah. Same for me. Um, like I said, big takeaway. I've got some really good tips for this afternoon. I've got like I said I've got an appraisal with with we'll our guys. And I just think looking at I think chemistry and I think credibility, a couple of bits, see what I've picked out on which you're going to help me this afternoon. Yeah. Good. I like
2: that. Awesome. So we'll at the same time next place, next
0: week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. See you then. Leon checking out. Paul checking out. Steen checking out.
0: Latent plug. Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it, it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.